face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. You are listening to a previously recorded conversation. Okay, we are... Live once again. Well, we're not actually live, but we're back <laughs> on a brand new, exciting episode of Starfleet Boy, and which we have a uh, casual and informal conversation. Well, you're you're kind of formal. I'm a little formal today. I'm wearing it's a, but it's a it's a joke. It's a shirt. Oh, okay, okay, all right. I was like, you're kind of formal. I feel. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a, I feel underdressed. I have been known to don the bow tie from time you, to time. You you have. There was there was an age of the bow tie. I remember. Well, bow ties are cool and always will be cool. Uh, <laughs> Indeed, so, sir. So today we're talking about Captain's Holiday and the uh, introduction to uh, one of my favorite characters in Star Trek The Next Generation, and that's Vaj. Uh, so Vaj. do you, do you want to do the summary? I know it's been I know you, you didn't quite make it through exactly, so I yeah, can't. So I, I, I mean, I've it, seen it like a dozen a times, times. But, yeah, it's true. But I, mean, I, I don't. Like, well, I'll tell you what. I'll do it up until when I ended it, and then you, you we, pick it up. Let's just do it together like we've been doing. It's been fun okay. doing that. Okay. So I guess uh, uh, at the behest of the crew, the captain who seems a little uh, stressed out is uh, encouraged uh, very uh, <laughs> aggressively to go on uh, on a holiday, on a vacation. Um so he reluctantly agrees and uh, ends up uh, at Ca- uh, Com- Commander Riker's um, uh, favorite favorite place, uh, Risa. Uh, <laughs> we find out why. It's, it's Riker's favorite place. And uh, uh, anyways, so he, he ends up going to Risa and he thinks he's just going to relax by the poolside or the beach or whatever and read his, uh, his books uh, but that's not the case. Um, as fate would have it, um, Captain Picard is predestined to be at Risa, uh, as we find out in the opening of the episode, the little teaser, we, which is interesting. We'll talk more about it, but um, we meet these two uh, aliens, uh, the Vorgons, who are like a Bonnie and Clyde from the future. Um, and they're, uh, they're hoping to... Um, to find Captain Picard on Risa so that they can uh, reacquire the Tox Utat. Uh, it's a device that can <laughs> that can uh, apparently stop the fusion uh, reaction in a, in, in a star. So 
a very powerful device, and they want to take it back to the, the future, supposedly, to secure it. But as the episode progresses and we finally meet uh, Vaj and her Ferengi counterpart, uh, who are also looking for the Tox Utat, uh, it turns from a vacation holiday episode to an exciting Indiana Jones-style uh, archaeological adventure uh, in which uh, the captain, we think, is trying to fulfill his destiny of finding the Toxutat and handing it back over to the Vorgons. Vaj is trying to acquire it, we think, to give it to the Daystrom Institute. And then the Ferengi, of course, uh, is trying to acquire it to give it to himself for profit. <laughs> He'll probably sell it to the Daystrom Institute anyways. But um, which... Anyways, the whole thing turns out supposedly not for naught as uh, when they arrive on the scene of the uh, Tox Utat's location, it happens to not be there. And so we're a little disappointed. The episode winds down. The Vorgons are like, oh, that's weird. We really, you know, they're from the future. So they really were convinced that um, the events would turn out as they had read or thought they would. Um, that doesn't happen. The Ferengi character, uh, Sovak, uh, played, by the way, by Rom, the same actor who plays Rom on Deep Is Space that Rom? Nine. Yeah, that's Rom. Uh, oh, I, I took, I took note of his name. It's Max, uh, Grodenchik. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that that was him. Yeah. Well, he, Rom's That's a bit, cool. This Fringy's a little bit more menacing, and yeah, he's got a little more of an edge to edge him. To him. I liked whereas, him. Yeah. yeah, he's very cool. But whereas Rom is more of a, uh, you know, just kind of a goofball. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, you know, Rom is also not convinced, so he just keeps digging, and uh, you know, Vosh is really understandably disappointed. But then uh, Picard kind of, you know. He's not one who who easily uh, surrenders either. So he figures out what's really been going on, and it turns out that Vaj found the Utat, the Tox Utat, when she first arrived on the planet and hid it away in a Horgon um, <laughs> statue. I think <laughs> we'll, you should explain that. We'll we'll definitely talk more about that. Um, and and then she reveals it to Picard, and that's when the Vorgons. Everything sounds so similar. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Bonnie, right? and Bonnie and Clyde from the future come, and Picard, uh, uh, you know, exposes them. Well, Vosh and Picard exposes them to be uh, the actual fugitives who are trying to steal the Toxutot from uh, the original creator. And so, uh, using transporter transporter code fourteen, Captain Picard uh, is able to uh, destroy the Tox Utat and fulfill his actual destiny, which was to destroy this thing. Um, and then the Vorgons are like, "Okay, that's fine. We weren't able to get it. It's destroyed." Vaj is like, "Okay, whatever." Uh, we don't hear from Sovak again, and uh, you know we get this like really cute romance between the captain and Vaj, and uh, and Bob's your uncle. I think that's the whole the whole thing. That is the whole thing. Yep, <laughs> you did it. Ta da! What do you remember you? about the episode from back then, from when you originally saw it? What, oh, you, well, what did you think of it? Oh, I loved Vosh. Um, <laughs> Who doesn't? I loved Vosh, too. I mean, she's a fantastic character. She is. She is. And 
uh, you know, she's very spunky and, you know, sexy and uh, the actress is, is fantastic. Um, you know, the whole idea of, of I mean, it's, you, you said it, you know, Indiana Jones style. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's tapping that love of Indiana Jones that I think just about everybody who watches Star Trek probably has because we all grew up with Indiana Jones and right. you know uh, an archaeology you know archaeology is like one of those careers that you know just seems really cool and and, and can you um, imagine archaeology on a in the future uh, in the yeah. future like just a, I, on a interplanetary uh, inter, you know on that scale, you know, where... Yeah, on a galactic level, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, there's something about that. I mean, even on Do- in Doctor Who, there's several archaeologists. Uh, obviously, we have River Song, but there's also Benny uh, from The New Adventures. So, I mean, it's just something that is cool. And, and Vosh... It's cool to be is, an archaeologist, everyone. It, it is. Not a bad career to, yeah. to take on. My sister, a little... Uh, uh, little um, I remember that. Yeah, my a little... Uh, uh, personal note here, my sister, who one day I'm sure she'll, she'll be on the show at some point, but she uh, had uh, uh, once thought she would pursue archaeology. Yeah, I remember giving her a book um, that when I was when I took a few cl- classes, and I think I gave her a book because she was so interested. I remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah, I remember. So that, my yeah. sister could have been some in some way, uh, you know. An adventurous, uh, she still is. I mean, she's still very adventurous. She has that spirit about her. But I think it would have been interesting had she pursued archaeology, because then she would have been like somebody's. Uh, no, I guess she would have just been her own Indiana Jones. She was really inspired by Indiana Jones. I was gonna say she's, she would have been somebody's River Song to their Doctor, but no, my sister would have been the Doctor. <laughs> right. I mean, had she had she pursued yes, of course. archaeology, yeah. so. But uh, Vash is is uh, is a great character, and I remember, you know, I thought she was she was fantastic when she was introduced, and and of course Picard's interest in archaeology is part of the you know went into the creation of that character because obviously it's something that they both bond on, and um, and you know she's. Uh, you know, Picard. I suppose Picard is more in the Indiana Jones mold in the sense that you know it's you know it belongs in a museum. But Vosh is a little less. So in yeah, that. yeah, she's a little more on the Ferengi side. I think she's a little more out for herself and and maybe for a little profit. Is, is that to- the? No, I totally agree. Uh, you know, I, if I'm not mistaken, this is our first. Uh, outside of that episode, we'll only have Paris, where we we see Picard's past romances. Um, this is the first time we actually see Captain Picard kind of really go all the way, <laughs> if you will, with a romance. I mean, up until now, there's no, been flirtations. Well, there's mm-hmm, been flirtations okay. with Beverly, right? You know, yeah. and, and of course that's happening. There was that 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 lo- that jag that he ran into. Remember? Well, yeah, but they did they oh did they sleep together though? Well, not in the episode, but it's implied that they. No, that's what I'm trying they, to say is like we get the full Picard, so to speak, or at least Vaj, at least Vaj gets the full Picard in this episode. At least it's implied, anyways. No, I that, think it, no, I don't think it's. I think it's. 
it happened. Explicit. Yeah, it, it happened. happened. Right. So, yeah. so I think that's kind of a kind of a first for us on screen uh, to see Captain Picard actually have an on-screen romance. It certainly won't be the last time, um, but but it was interesting that it took three seasons for <laughs> for Captain Picard to finally let loose, go on vacation, get into an adventure with a very attractive woman, and uh, and have some shore leave. Well, he's always been... I mean, obviously he's very different from Kirk, where it would be every episode. <laughs> It wasn't every episode. It was every episode. Okay, there were a few where it was Spock, and there was one where it was McCoy, but all the other ones, it's Kirk. That's um, funny. So I, I, I think they were very. I think that probably the makers of the show were very conscious of that, and so maybe they dialed it back with the captain. You know that all that libido goes into Riker. <laughs> That's true. And but he's always had sort of like, you know, he's been around the block a few times. Like, you know, there's uh but like I said, there was that Jag, uh there was Crusher. Well, no. I mean he didn't have something with Crusher, but uh the, every everything is like you said, everything is kind of like set in the past, but right now he's married to the ship. Right. And there's nothing really in the moment. So so yeah, I, I agree. And it's kind of an interesting take on on the i mean at this point it's an interesting take on the typical captain because what what we're used to what we were used to obviously is kirk and you know every planet every port of call there's (laughs) there's there's a girl well i mean romance is one of the best uh forms of diplomacy uh and intercultural exchange and so i don't know i think i think captain kirk maybe you know he was on to something there but uh, not to defend uh not to defend him or anything like that sexual (laughs) diplomacy okay i don't know (laughs) but um so at the beginning of this episode i i really liked uh the kind of uh it was funny yeah, there was a lot of comedy in the beginning. I mean, Captain Picard's pretty grumpy. Uh, they send in uh, the doctor, and she kind of, you know, she <laughs> she approaches it from this kind of like talking about it as if it's a crew member, not the captain right. directly to see. Right, if he, but he never really falls for it. No, He's, he doesn't. He, fall he, for he it. knows he, from the beginning. Yeah. The, yeah, I do like the when he when he basically he says you know back off, Beverly. That she she has that smile. Uh, she like oh you're gonna mess with the you're gonna mess with me are you you know like right <laughs> which yeah. actually harkened back to. I think the the relationship of the ship's doctor uh, to the to the crew and the captain in particular is is a very important relationship. And you know, obviously, we were just talking about uh, the original series, and and that was a very strong uh, oh, absolutely strong thing there, where you know, you knew Doctor McCoy was like always looking out for the best interest, the mental and uh, physical health uh, of the crew. And so we see that here, uh, and it's delightful. Um, and then, you know, Riker tries in the turbo lift and, and, you know, he's recommending Risa. And it's just like, I like Jonathan uh, Frake's uh, enthusiasm in that scene. Like, he was just so, you know, it was just a slightly different tone or a different note than than usual. And I just, and especially in exchange with, you know, you know in counterpoint with the captain's, like, just annoyance. <laughs> well, it's funny because it's like, you know, he's describing the planet and then, and then, like, it's almost on cue. It's perfect. It's like, 
oh, and the women. And Picard's like, the women. Like, I knew it was yeah, going to come to this. It's you, Riker. Yeah. And then, of course, the, the, the best joke in the whole show is, is that Riker asks Picard before he goes on the planet, oh, by the way, can, can you pick up this thing? It's called a, a what is it, a horologist? Uh, no, it's the Hor, the Horgon, the, I think I the wrote The Horgon, somewhere. okay, yeah, can you pick up a, the name alone is, right. uh, before is that scene, comedy though, gold. Before that scene, though, before the captain agrees, uh, what what finally gets him to go on Shirley, which I thought was so delightful, was Counselor the Troy mother. Yes. saying that Loxana Troy was going to be on Star Base 12. Uh, to uh, to to um, <laughs> to see the you know to see the captain, and uh, and then when he so he pulls Riker aside and he's like, all right, is everybody in on this? And he's like, well, I think there's two ensigns on deck thirty-seven that don't know about it, but yeah, just about everyone else is. So he del- he I think he's a little delighted by his the crew's. Uh, interest in his well-being, but he's also just kind of like, all right, he's clearly, perturbed. yeah, he's like, clearly, I just, I have to go on vacation because, you know, it, they're not going to stop bugging me. Yeah. They're not going to stop bugging me. Um, and then I like this, <laughs> I like the little scene where, when they're seeing him off, um, Counselor oh, with Troy, Worf? No, well, yeah, but with Counselor Troy and Riker, when they're they're first kind of in his quarters and he's packing and he's wearing that interesting tunic with the. Is that what you would call it? Interesting? (laughs) That's the one bad thing about this episode is Is I don't think Star Trek Next Generation never got a handle on off-duty civilian clothing. (laughs) I mean, this goes back to whatever the hell Jordy was wearing on that beach with that girl. Oh, that's right. Which was like absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) And then this thing that Picard was wearing is like, what the hell? I mean, what was that? You know, I mean, it's just seriously. What do you think? I well, okay. So I liked. I didn't like that outfit. I did like their archaeological clothing later on. The ones that their expeditionary clothing. The ones they were wearing later on, him and Vaj. Well, but they were going on expedition. But I mean, right, this is that, like. I mean, no, this is like yeah. what you're supposed to wear when. Well, it gets a little more ridiculous. We'll talk more about. It. About the outfits, but and yeah, then once they get to the planet, they're just half naked. It was just like yeah, he's just wearing a speedo and a and a which, like a, which is more like than I kimono, needed to see. But okay, speed. yeah, and a com- <laughs> the captain's wearing a speedo and a the captain's a, kimono. It's the, the captain's, captain's kimono. kimono. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, yes. the fashion was a little bit odd. Uh, I have to say, it's um, ridiculous. But I did like in that scene when they're helping him pack, uh, or they're in this quarters when he's packing and Riker again he's like have I mentioned how imaginative the Rysian <laughs> women are and Counselor Troy just says he's so stupid too often commander <laughs> she's like, yeah and Riker gives this look like what did I say what did I say it's like cause you're a fucking idiot what are you doing saying that in front of Troy that's what I love about Riker he's so I he's like the last red blooded American sexist. Do you think that's pig. an American? Do you think it's an American trait to be uh, sexually? Uh, what What do you describe him as? Like, well, sexist, no, I mean, because he's like, American. Cause he's from Alaska. That's why you know. That's I mean, true. I mean, I don't know. I just, it's just, he's, it's just funny. He's, he, he's, he's, he's Americans. Kirk. Yeah. Well, Americans. He's Kirk. Maybe we're maybe Americans were known uh, to be a little bit. 
uh, sexually conservative, I thought, in the world, because Europeans are the ones that are really known to be more uh, um, comfortable with sexuality and, and things like that. But Riker's well, I might be speaking out of turn here, but I, I guess my I guess what I'm thinking is is just that that that's the chauvinistic. <laughs> you know, I think Americans have a particular type of chauvinism that Europeans don't have. I think they have a different type. Uh, at least that's my impression. But I, I I haven't traveled as much as you, and you know we may get comments now I, over chauvinism. I, I, and, yeah, I'd love to hear that. The, about it, but and and everyone else getting opinion. off topic. But what I will say about Riker is that um, I do I, something about what you say does resonate, though. There is something really American about his character, yeah. Yeah. and and like even in the way he does, the way he thinks about women is, I guess, not American per se, but like an American teenager. <laughs> like right. he's never yeah. really grown out of that teenage. Phase like fast times like. at, at uh, Ridgemont High, yeah, kind exactly. of. Yeah, exactly. No, so I see. Porkies, I, yeah. Thinking about it more, I definitely see what you're, what you're trying to say. I, I just was like, well, are we really, as Americans, are we really um, sexually comfortable? But I don't know. Maybe we are. Maybe now we are. And and certainly, well, I I, I'm referring that, to the chauvinism. Well, just yeah. Like, do, but do you, you think Riker's being chauvinistic? Like, I didn't. I don't get that he intentionally is trying to be chauvinistic. I think if he comes across as chauvinistic, it's because uh, maybe just his delivery could be a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, sensitive. Maybe but. Troy's right there, man. What are you doing? That's a different story, though. I don't know. They uh, they seem to have uh, an agreement or an arrangement. Uh, that well, they... she's obviously annoyed by it, and <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's you true. know. But anyway, that 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 that's what I really thought was funny was uh, he's taking all these books, <laughs> and 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 it's funny. It reminds me of um, it reminds me of, of uh, this is a true story. Um, there's a really good book called River of Doubt, which is about Teddy Roosevelt. And he about him going to explore this part of the Amazon in South uh, South America, and it's uncharted territory. And he, the guy, when you read the book, he took this massive library to go into the Amazon, (laughs) (laughs) and everyone's looking at him like, "We're we're going to like like no where no man has gone before," and you're bringing. You know the Plato's Republic, and you know it's it's just like Picard. So I I, I thought that was, was I, I uh, thought that was a neat scene. What you was know, Roosevelt's like answer to that, or was it just? Well, no, I mean that a man can't travel without his library. <laughs> That's awesome. You know what a figure so, uh, Teddy Roosevelt was. I love his, the portrayal of him in in The Wind and the Lion. Oh, uh, the great Brian Keith. Yeah, yeah oh that just reminded me of that movie. Thank you. That now I have to f- figure out a, a way to watch it again. <laughs> can can we make a recommendation to everybody watching or listening to us right now? Go watch the Wind and the Lion. Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, stop this episode right now right and now. go watch the Wind and the Lion, and then come back. We'll uh, wait. Yeah, we'll wait here. Okay. <clears throat> it's. What did you think of it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, um, it's Sean Connery, Candace Bergen, Brian Keith. I forget who else, but it's a great movie. But back to this episode. Um, but, you know, uh, I have to say there is a degree of that feeling 
in this episode too. There's like this just an adventure that adventure. occurs, you know, and it's like, you know, a little a uh, little bit of that Lawrence of Arabia esque kind of vibe, you know, in in here. And Indiana Jones <laughs> certainly has that as well. <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia in a cave. Picard of Risa. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, so I take that back. Yeah, you're right. There wasn't really like epic, you know, anything. <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. It it, it does have a, a lighthearted. It feels very lighthearted. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 interesting. I guess we've come. What were the last two episodes? It was uh, Allegiance, and then what was before that? Wasn't it the LOL one? Yes, it was So we, we, we've had like a series of very intense, emotionally intense and stuff like that. And, and, and now we have sort of a lighthearted episode. Indeed. Uh, uh, interesting weird, and weird kind of parallel. So in Allegiance, you had uh, aliens that were couplet. They were like pairs, right? Yes. And, then and now we have another one. Another pair of aliens. Like, what did you think that, I mean, like... What's up what, with that? What is up with that? <laughs> I don't know. Did you think that, that was a little weird as well? Well, I did notice it. It, it. it was something that stood out, especially since we just saw, you know, recently the other the other episode uh, and talked about it. Um, but then, all, you know, another interesting thing about these aliens is they travel. We don't actually see where their ship is or their planet or what. They just travel through transporter of some kind here and there and they might be going back to the future and coming back to the past you know one never one doesn't know where they go off to so there's a degree of similarity between them and the previous aliens who weren't named these were they're the vorgons the vorgons um let me ask you do you think uh well the design i was gonna say the design similar to like a boxy kind of head although these had like which they had too the other ones and they had strange uh nostril openings these guys did too i mean it's just like very i just thought it was oddly similar and i wonder if it were if there was something about pairs of aliens that's well we've had the binars too i mean there's a lot of pairs going on right <laughs> there's a lot of pairing or coupling of aliens i don't know do you do you think well let me ask you dramatically speaking did having two of them there add anything? Like, couldn't have just as easily have been one? In either case. In either the one with... In either the unnamed one or the Vorgons. Certainly with the Vorgons. I don't really see why it had to be two. I mean, it's not like they had that much dialogue to begin with. They didn't have much dialogue, and they really didn't do anything. Like, it would have been more... I think it would have been... Um, extremely interesting if uh, perhaps... Vaj was from the future. Oh, well, you now, now you're well, stepping on Doctor Who territory. Well, yeah, well, I guess we are. <laughs> that's true. Um, wow, that's interesting. Well, it one, would have been before, actually. One, one does wonder if, uh, you know, where did where did River Song's inspiration come from, you know? And I don't know if Stephen Moffat's ever addressed that. No. But. I think Rivers is definitely Benny. Benny Summerfield, which oh, okay. I've mentioned before. But... Um. Yeah, I I, I think. Uh, yeah, the two I, aliens I thought to me it, didn't. I I kind of didn't think that they were necessary. They were interesting to a small degree, but at the end of the episode, I I I found 
I found them to be the least interesting thing about the episode, which is probably what they're supposed to be. You know, they're just kind of incidental to Picard meeting Vaj, who we who we end up falling in love with, and later we do later see again. I think we see Vaj two more times on the exclamation, right? Isn't that she? Uh, she appears a couple. Of, she appears in in some Q episodes, definitely the one with Robin Hood, where she's made Marion. Oh, that's right. And then she appears in in one more. And then of course she's on DS Nine. She's I. We actually she goes had off a, DS, yeah. We actually had a Trunk Space Nine episode. We did cover that one. So. Oh really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's fun. A little okay. plug for the other show there. She also appears in a couple of novels. Um, she appears in a couple of DS Nine novels of all things, and uh, I don't think she plays a major part. And then these um, these Vorgons apparently are referenced in a novel called uh, Star Trek Department of Temporal Investigations. Oh, which is, fascinating. We, ha- yes. we see them on Deep Space Nine, too, actually. Yes, exactly. And, the- and on Enterprise, there's an implication that all, you know, all this temporal Cold War crap is, is related to that department. So, so yeah, those Vargons appear. I think appear. of uh, the Department of Temporal Investigations as kind of like the X Files of Star Trek. I, and, and I would have. Yeah, loved, like a temporal. Yeah, yeah. I, that'd be a fun show. That would be a fun show, and you you'd be able you'd have the excuse of going into each of Era. the shows. Yeah. Oh God. That'd you'd be go amazing. into the movies. You'd have like stuff in the Star Trek, the motion picture era. It would be it would be a lot better than Discovery, I think. But <laughs> maybe whatever. that's not, what Star Trek. I, I, I don't want to judge. Yeah, I don't hey, we judge. don't know yet, but maybe we that's what know. Star Trek we Discovery uh, is about. <laughs> or the secret? Did you hear? Uh, so the about secret the, is that the Nick yeah. Mayer? The Nick yeah. Mayer? Yeah. What the, the hell is that? He's working on another another Star Trek project. What the apparently. hell? I don't know. Qué eso? I don't know. Okay, so what is that indeed? Uh, I I just uh, I just don't know. <laughs> I, I suddenly st- got excited. Like you did. I, don't, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's like a distraction. Like okay, you know. I mean, he could be working on Star Trek Four, uh, Star Trek Kelvin Four, <laughs> which would be. Oh, I hope not. It would. I know. I hope so. I think uh, to send out. I think this is going to be the last Kelvin movie. Personally, um, I don't think the actors are as committed to Star Trek as the original series crew. Nor should they be as committed. I mean, there's only one. There can be only one original crew, right? So it's been a nice, interesting lark. Um, and I think that uh, it would be great to end it with a great director. Or writer at the helm, such as such as uh, oh Nick Mayer. Oh my God! You think Nick Nick Mayer would be directing? I don't know. Oh, wow. if he directs it, I mean, I don't know if wow. Nick Mayer is interested, but anything Nick Mayer directs, I think, would change Star Trek. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> like he fundamentally changed Star Trek twice <laughs> with Star Trek Two and Star Trek Six. Like in my mind, the, those are kind of like. Uh, turning points or pivot points even if it's just aesthetically or backstory wise they're just like mm-hmm. huge movies and so oh, if yeah. he did if he did something for first I just think putting Nick Mayer in a Star Trek uh, situation is always exciting now 
I don't see his influence in Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> so maybe all along he's been working on this other Star Trek project. Maybe. Um, you know, Perhaps. so we'll see. We will see indeed. Um, yeah, that's the one thing that, like, uh, still uh, puzzles me about what we've seen uh, with Star Trek Discovery is I just, I just don't see his, his hallmark on it. From right. Well, I mean, we, we won't until, seeing, right? yeah, we won't yeah, until, until we see until, it. Until, yeah, until, yeah, until it airs, we won't know. But if, in fact, he, I don't know what his involvement is, because he's been pretty radio silent until this news mm-hmm. that that yeah. came out. You know, we we heard about him a couple times with Brian Fuller. Brian Fuller exited the project for whatever reason. We haven't really heard anything about Nick Mayer until this interesting little uh, drop uh, which I don't know. Has it been confirmed as legit, or do you know? Or that's I mean, I, don't, I think it was a tweet, was it? No, he doesn't tweet. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't. I don't well, know. I don't know. Uh, we're, we're, pa- we're 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 rumor mongering. I don't know. Yeah, we are rumor. Well, we have been <laughs> uh, speculating for for a long time about Star Trek Discovery, and and before we get back on topic here, if the powers that be are listening, Nick Mayer's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think Les Moonves listens to our show. I mean, I, he must watch it. I mean, it's Les. It's I don't know. Just I have yeah. a feeling. Anyways, but Les, if you're if you're watching this or listening to this, Nick Mayer, just just put him in charge. Like, just he's he's got it. He's the guy. You're the man now, dog. Anyways, uh, <laughs> let him do whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. I mean, I have a lot of faith in Nick Mayer, but um, yeah, yeah, me too. So uh, back to the episode. Yeah. So um, finally, I, gosh, we're kind of uh, we're kind of making a, a slow time. We're just inching away. We haven't even talked about how Worf wanted to send a security detail with Captain Picard. What would that have been like? I mean, could you imagine? Uh, that, would have been, you, that would have been terrible. <laughs> so he gets to the planet and uh, to Risa and um, immediately he meets Vaj and she his introduction to her is she asks him to kiss him. It's a classic old Hollywood. Well, she just kisses him. She doesn't even. She ask. Just, yeah, she, she just, just grabs him and just. Because she's him. she's trying to avoid being seen by the Ferengi. By Sovak. By Sovak, yeah. The crazy. Yeah, the, the, the episode, uh, you know, the episode has that almost uh, 1940s adventure screwball kind of vibe to it, where it's it's not really about, you know, the whatever the th- what is the thing called. The thing the they're talks, looking for the tox the tox the tox utok is just a MacGuffin. It's just <laughs> it's 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 just something to get them together. Really, what it is is getting them together, and 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 now I'm I'm going to be a little controversial controversial here and say that um, you know I love Vaj. Uh, I don't think they have perfect chemistry. I think some of it, you know, rewatching the episode. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's not great chemistry. It's I think uh, I do have a little I have I do have a little trouble buying Picard and his you know pa- Patrick Stewart doesn't do a great you know Patrick Stewart's very good at certain things but being relaxed and romantic and that's a little harder for him. The pull off, I think. I, I don't buy it as much really? as I don't buy it as much as as other, you know, uh, other things that he does on the show. Um, 
I mean, obviously I have fun because Vosh just steals every scene she's in. So, I mean, she has chemistry with rocks. I mean, it's <laughs> she's just very dynamic and... And and uh, I I rather enjoyed uh, uh, Patrick Stewart's um, portrayal of uh, of Captain Picard's tenderness and and kind of like his romantic side. I was actually one of the things I also noted about this episode was how, despite it was, I guess the part that's a little off or weird is that like he doesn't take anything too seriously about this adventure. Like she kind of betrays him. And then he's still holding her hand at the end and just kind of, like, very, like... It's like he doesn't really care about all that, you know? Like, to him, this... The idea of the Toxutad and, like, all this stuff... That part, I'll say, it just doesn't seem like Captain Picard's taking any of it terribly seriously, you know? Like, he's just like, this is really weird and bizarre. And it's almost as if... He takes it in great stride, I have to tell you. These two guys show up in the future and say, you're supposed to do this. And Picard is like, okay, sure. The way All right, it, if I see it, I'll, I'll give it to you. The way it feels, almost, is as if this episode may have been intended to be a holodeck-type adventure. Because he doesn't really... I don't think he really... There, I, do, I don't see the danger. He's almost so lighthearted about everything that it's like... I mean, wouldn't you take visitors from the future a little bit more seriously <laughs> like than he seems to? And... Um, you know, he just punches Sovak in that one scene. Just and it's a really stupid punch. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't know I, if it's the way it's filmed or, or, but it's just like, boom. No, I, I mean, whatever. I like that, but it's also out of character for Captain Picard. Like he doesn't just knock someone out. Yeah. You know, just like that. I mean. Yeah. I do think that like the the sense of danger, maybe he was taking it. At, in stride in such a way that I, I thought was irregular. But I did like all the tenderness between him and Vaj. I did, I did think he pulled off the romance uh, rather well. There's this the, the scene where they're first intimate when they're camping out where um, she's going back and forth trying to figure out where he's at with them. And so she starts with, by saying like, you know, oh, you look really disappointed when I didn't want to pursue the Jahamaran <laughs> with you. And and then she's just talking herself into a rut where he's like, where she's like, oh, well, maybe there's nothing to it. Or maybe, you know, whatever. And then he just like kind of he shuts her up by kissing her, which, you know, I thought that was like really kind of a little bold and a little romantic there. You know, like he, he yeah, just kind of like, I mean, I guess I, and mean, it like, I, I mean, feel like he pulled it off. I don't know. He, he's not. I don't think Picard. I don't think Patrick Stewart has that that. I mean, it's, 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 I don't know. Like, I mean, you just imagine, like, you know, I mean, I'm, I know I'm comparing apples and oranges here, but, you know, imagine somebody like Sean Connery, you know, doing that scene. I mean, you know, it, it they, well, certain actors Sean have Connery, that. I mean, yeah. Right, I know. True. I mean, but, but you know what I mean? Like, there's certain actors that just have that, that panache. And I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't think, or even Shatner, uh, but I don't think Picard, I don't think Patrick Stewart quite has that. And and I'm not I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm not saying it wasn't believable. Obviously, you know, whatever. I enjoy the episode, but the, the chemistry. I don't think that's his forte. I think they well, I w- they I tried it. It was somewhat successful. Obviously, like I said, Vosh is a great character, and you watch it because at least one side of it is is very one side of this relationship is is very fun and all that stuff. But it it, it I think at the end of the day. 
I believe Picard is that guy who's just sitting by the pool trying to read his book and he just doesn't want to bother <laughs> with anybody. That was very convincing. It's when he's brought out of that that I'm sort of like, okay, this is because the episode needs him to be this way. Well, and you know I think also, saying? I mean, to, to further argue, I think you're absolutely right about Picard's character. But I do think that Vaj brings it out of... I mean, like, she really, like... Right, yeah. She, that she like, she is... Brings it out of him. Brings it yeah. out of him. Like, she kind of yeah. has to force it out of him. So, yeah, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back to Risa for a second, what did you think of the... Uh, the did it live up to Riker's hype? Uh, did you did you did you want to go on vacation to Risa yourself uh, after seeing the episode and and seeing what Risa has to offer? <laughs> well, in in other words, uh, you know, had you when you first saw the episode in your youth, did you want to uh, to to explore Jah- Jahamaran, <laughs> Doctor? <laughs> With Vash, yes, <laughs> absolutely. That goes without saying. Uh, Are you looking at the book? I'm looking at the book. What does the book say? The book says this is the first. This story is the debut of assistant director Chip Chip Chalmers, who grew out of um, story the first first unit debut. Was in, out of, oh, okay. This story grew out of Stewart's desire for more sex and shooting for the captain. <laughs> We were just talking about it, and then he so he's like, "I, <laughs> I wonder what that." I want was more like. sex and more shooting from my character. <laughs> um, it also introduced. It's right. It's the first episode to feature Risa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I know. I think we've mentioned. Times. I think they've mentioned Rigel before, which was also is, has kind of a similar reputation, maybe. But yeah, Risa, Risa ended up being that planet. I think. Well, it says here that the original story was pretty... And it is... Yeah, it's the, the Maltese Falcon. Right, that's the classic. That's, uh, the Toxutat. Uh. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, now, apparently it was Ron Moore who suggested the time travel element be added. Um, and the off-ship opening was a first for the series, but an echo of that scene planned to close the show, implying that the Vorgons were already returning to try again. Huh? Wait, what? Well, see, I didn't see the. Apparently, um, uh, oh, they were gonna. They, they were gonna. Repeat. Oh, they were gonna go back in time and try again. And then they would be successful. Oh wow! Well, it's implied, inter- that would have been interesting. It's implied in the ending when uh, Picard says that. Um, well, the now that they know what's going on, they might try again. And Vaj is like, oh, so that means we're going to be doing this over and over, over again, implying some kind of a, a predestination paradox or a time time loop of some kind. Would that have been confusing? I don't know. I think it they been, say it was cut because it became too confusing. <laughs> it might have. been. I think but, it would have been cool. I think it would have been cool too. But like, um, I guess audiences didn't have the concept of like not crossing your own time stream or fixed points in space and time at this, at this, <laughs> at this point in television. So it is possible that like people would have been debating it without further if there wasn't further explanation or some kind of like science fictiony reason uh-huh. why ultimately they were out of the loop. If that makes any sense. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. 
the actress who plays Vash uh, was a former model, I believe that, and a commercial actress. Oh, and apparently she was also on L.A. Law. So she's the second L.A. Law... Uh, Star Trek uh, crossover. S- crossover, yeah, because obviously uh, Corbin... Corbin Benson was on there earlier mm. in this earlier that very season. Yeah, uh, other races seen in the Ryzen lobby are an Andorian, a Vulcan, and an Antican. There's an Antican. I think I did see the Antican in the You're background. You're kidding? Yeah, I missed that. The Daystrom Institute is spoken of, which is, of course is mm-hmm. mentioned in the Measure of a Man, and. Um, Oh, and she promises to turn over the talks, Utak, to them. Does she? Well, I thought... So this was a little confusing to me. Uh, we don't actually know what becomes of the talks, Utak, do we? Or did I miss that? Because he orders Riker, transporter code 14. Riker's unsure of what he's talking about. He's like, you heard me, Commander. When he does it... You see the transporter go off on the Toxutot, and then you see an explosion. And I wondered, part of me wondered, was the Toxutot now stored in, like, the vaults of the Enterprise somewhere, and it wasn't actually destroyed, or did they actually destroy it? So it's unclear in the episode as to what's going on. Hmm. So that's confusing. A little bit confusing, yeah. I was going to actually ask you what you thought of that, but I forgot that maybe... I didn't you get that far. I have, to, I have to confess, I, I started watching it. But do you remember that from from when you watched it previously? All I remember is Vosh, man. That's all I remember. Something you didn't mention or that's not in the companion, but it's on Memory Alpha <laughs> that I think is worth, worth a mention. It's a little saucy and steamy. Uh, something that Roddenberry was keen to see in this episode was copious amounts of erotic activity taking place in the background of the scenes set on Risa, particularly between same-sex partners. Iris Stephen Bear was briefly flummoxed on how to politely tell Roddenberry that such scenes would never make it past network censors before Rick Berman managed to bypass the issue by pointing out that the cost of hiring enough extras willing to partake in such acts would send the episode massively over budget. I love that Gene Roddenberry is noted as being an advocate of same, uh, uh, same sex uh, uh, acceptance like way before it was acceptable on TV. I, I mean uh, it's absolutely true that it wouldn't have made it past the censors. Like that's a, that's a guarantee guarantee of the 1990s, early 90s, late 80s, right? Like that's totally a Well, actually, actually to be to be quite honest, uh, that was a, there was another there was a show on at that time that was pushing the envelope on that which was um God, what was it? Wasn't there a show called Thirty Something? Oh, I never saw. It. I never watched it, but I do remember that show. And that was on around the same time as as that show. And that had uh, a same a well, same. But if sex, I recall, Thirty uh, Something was like a after a late later in the evening. I remember like yeah, you know, it was. I do remember this regimen. There was this thing. It was at ten o'clock. After, you could show whatever you wanted. <laughs> Like that's not whatever, but you could show right, yeah. But that's how uh, that that show it was the first showing of NYPD Blue. NYPD Blue showed a butt on screen for the first time. It was so controversial. (laughs) Do you remember that? That was like so like yeah. People thought the world was going to end because we saw Dennis Franz's butt. I mean, (laughs) on 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 network television. 
I mean, we uh, all but see everything on this episode. I mean, there's nothing really left to the ma- imagination. I mean, Picard's wearing these really tight silver... Uh, Patrick Stewart's wearing these really tight silver Speedos. By the way, funny enough, there are tons of memes now from this episode. If you go online... Um, I'm sure there are. There's a lot of memes that show uh, Patrick Stewart in this outfit and then some kind of statement or, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, I, but, but just... Back to Roddenberry but back to and Roddenberry, the erotic this thing. the first time you mentioned that he... Uh, encouraged or was even like uh, willing to accept this idea that that Spock and Kirk's relationship was at least on Spock's part a little bit deeper you know perhaps than 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 uh, than, than what we saw or we you know we would believe so this like idea that like you know the only reason captain kirk even rejects it is because pon far only happens once every seven years you know it's like it's that's <laughs> is that you're getting that from the star trek one novelization yeah right? yeah exactly which that you, i read once that you okay read, yeah that you read and you read that story what, about it and to hear, what is it with roddenberry and <laughs> you know i think as you get older in life you do have there is a certain degree of acceptance that like you know the dirty old person men and women you know, and it, it's clear that Roddenberry was <laughs> a little, you know, a little bit of a, you know, just maybe he was getting a little more interested. There was nothing left to explore in life except sex, maybe, and sexuality. And so perhaps he was uh, very keenly interested in that. Wow. Or he was okay. just in genuine, uh, you know, someone who was desiring to push the envelope, you know, to like truly kind of like shake up the 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 accepted social uh, norms at the time. Either way, I think you know re- this is exciting that there was that was an intention, uh, even though it wasn't realized. I, I think it was pretty cool. I think looking back at had it aired that way, I would have th- it would have changed my life forever. Uh, little Sohail Starfleet boy watching this episode would have probably just like I would have you know well like. but, but but there's 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 same gender things going on later in Next Generation. I don't recall. Doesn't Riker fall for there? Okay, with with no gender. Yeah, so they can, no, they're, they're both, or they're both. I don't remember. That's, I do yeah, remember that's the episode. Yeah. I do remember the episodes you're talking about. I just don't remember the details. And I do think though that it it definitely addressed something along those lines, and it something was a lot like more. That. It was yeah. a lot more intellectual. Um, and then Crusher falls for this guy, and then he turns into a girl. Is that does that happen too? Yeah, she's a trill. I think that's how that's how we introduced the trill. To is Crusher. Oh. Yeah. 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 Okay. But so. of course Roddenberry was gone by then. See, right. I you know, actually what's surprising to me is Roddenberry is still involved. That much. Cause this is season three. When does well, he He passes when, somewhere in the season, I think. Isn't the best of both worlds uh dedicated to him or at least Is it? Okay. Or something like that. I just remember I, I know Star point. when does Star Trek Six come out? Because he died like a few days before Star Trek Six. Ninety one, ninety two yeah, ninety one. Oh, so I think, he's still so. Yeah, he's still around. Because this is nineteen ninety, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm almost sure this is still nineteen ninety in this episode. So he's still got about a year's worth of influence on the show. Yeah. That's interesting. I I was surprised. I I thought I thought his influence was kind of at that point was was waning and it wasn't that much. But um but no, no that that's very interesting and 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 
I don't know. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure they couldn't have pulled. They they couldn't have pulled it off. I mean, they could have pulled off some. I mean, because I know what the montage is that they're talking about. It's when you're getting to Picard, and I have to admit, it's pretty cheesy. Uh, it's when they're they're moving to Picard and he's he's, he's reading, but like there's like this pan and it around shows, the pool, and it shows all these people getting massaged and all and this bathing suits, and, yeah. and it's just yeah, it's just cheesy and and uh, they could have pulled something off. Yeah, I think yeah, I know exactly the shot there were. Well, and certainly the the season one episode with the aliens that are running everywhere. I mean, that was pretty erotic. That room. I mean, they're just, like, rubbing each other, and there's, like, a massage happening, and, like, Worf, you know, but this is, like, season one, that's, like, full Gene Roddenberry still very heavily involved, and so you can yeah. see that he does, I think that, like, you know, and I, I would imagine that, I mean, he is a, uh, a flower child, right, you know, in, in a sense, and I think the sexual I revolution... Guess, yeah was taking place when he was younger and and that's something that you know i think it's i think it is important i think i do like that star trek doesn't shy away from sexuality and i i do think that um you know going back to how i feel at least you know like there is a certain uh timidness in american culture about talking about sexuality even though there is a certain i guess that's what it is american culture is timid about speaking about sexuality in a frank open and serious way everything's more humorous when we talk about sexuality so like porkies and all these movies and police academy do really well because they they you know put a tint of a huge tint of humor on top of the sexuality whereas so that's what i think Riker. i think you're absolutely right Riker is very american in his kind of humorous approach to sexuality uh Whereas in Europe and, you know, other, uh, well, Europe mainly, uh, I think sexuality is a little bit more just accepted yeah. as like part of, part of your everyday life. Yeah. I was, what was I watching yesterday? Um, damn it. I was watching something and they were talking about the differences between, uh, the U S and Europe, and where the U.S. There, oh, it was Clash of the Titans. There's a wonderful podcast that's about um, it's about Ray Harryhausen. You just Google mm. Ray Harryhausen podcast, you'll find it. And and I was just listening to theirs on Clash of the Titans. And do you remember the Gorkin? I'm sorry, Medusa. Okay, from mm-hmm. Clash of the Titans. Mm-hmm. Okay, the censors in the U.S. were very concerned because, and I'd never realized this, but. Medusa is technically naked. She's topless. Right. And the censors in the U.S. were concerned, even though they're boobs with, like, you know, snakeskin. So they don't look, you know, but they were like, oh, wait a minute. Can we show this to kids? That's That's what the U.S. censors were concerned about. Concerned about, yeah. But yet violence. The European censors (laughs) were concerned that uh, Perseus decapitates right the violence versus the sexuality <laughs> Medusa in the movie and you see it clearly like whoosh. and so it just shows you know Europe is very concerned about violence whereas Americans are very concerned about about sex and and like even even on Doctor Who uh, a lot of the edits are based on like oh my gosh does this person have a knife right like just the idea of a knife is is oh because then kids are gonna watch and they're gonna they're gonna have a knife in their hand and uh, and that's that's very threatening, but 
you know, they're perfectly okay with, like, kids fornicating and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. on their TV. So, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's interesting how there's always been that... That kind of thing. That a kind reference, of thing. A reference that we didn't make going back to Memory Alpha was uh, the actress who plays, uh, who plays uh, Vaj, Jennifer Hetrick, commented, mm-hmm. it seemed like a Romancing the Stone slash Raiders of the Lost Ark type story. Romancing and the it was Romancing stone. the Stone. Yeah, so that's more, I think... Yeah, oh I think that's God, like that's definitely definitely there. There's a lot of that kind of vibe in there. I love the part of Romancing the Stone where they're they're running away from the bad guys. They have nowhere to go. They're knocking frantically on this door <laughs> of this drug dealer, and the drug dealer's like, and they and she's explaining she's Joan Wilder. She's like, you you are Joan Wilder, the romance novelist, <laughs> and it's this drug dealer, this supposedly tough guy. And he's like, you're the romance novelist. <laughs> that movie is absolutely. It, I haven't seen gold. that movie since I was a kid. That's Michael Douglas, the great Michael Douglas. That movie is gold. I love that movie. <laughs> Danny DeVito, Kathleen Turner, yep. mm-hmm. at the height of her powers, and and those three had such wonderful chemistry. Uh, they did that movie. They did Jewel of the Nile. Yes. And they did a third movie, but it was not those characters. They did uh, War of the Roses, which was that black comedy uh, that Danny DeVito directed. But yeah, those those they were those were great movies. That's true. This movie does have that Romancing the Stone vibe to it. And let me ask you: Do you wish that Vosh had? perhaps continued as a character a la Guinan, someone actually somehow she would have been aboard the ship she she says at the end uh, is there any room for an ar- there isn't any room for an archaeologist aboard the Enterprise and Catherine Picard actually kind of contemplates it because I think there is room for such a person aboard the Enterprise but then he realizes that she'd probably be bored most of the time because it's not like they're going from she's oh, like I, she's uh, she's I doubt she would have been bored <laughs> I, I doubt captain picard would have been bored but perhaps, that too i mean she's the kind of person who's an adventure i mean she's already on to her next adventure and like the kinds of things that she uh gets involved with with aren't exactly uh you know starfleet Mm-hmm. things that Starfleet can sanction. So if she did serve aboard the Enterprise, I think it would have been... Um, it would have diminished her character. I think what I like about her character is that Vaj remains kind of um, an antithesis to uh, Picard in many ways because she's not bound by a lot of the rules that he is bound by. But yet, at the same time, she's also one of... She also, I think she also is... A character that has a really good heart, and I think that she doesn't mean to do some of the things that are a little less, you know. She doesn't mean any harm. Harm, yeah, actions. exactly, exactly. Right. Now, I mean, I guess we can have this discussion now because technically we won't have a discussion for her last appearance, which is on DS9. Um, do you? Don't you think it would have been cool if they they could have brought Vosh back on one of the other shows? I mean, when I saw her on DS9, I certainly thought that was opening the door for more Vosh because, um, like you just said, maybe on a, on a on a starship she would have been hindered, but on Deep Space Nine that would have been, I mean, 
that's a very gray area. I mean, you have yeah, very, she, you know, uh, but yet she never, she never returned. Uh, and then, well, if I recall, I, I was the plot of that episode was kind of like her getting tired. She'd been traveling with Q. She probably she just got a little burnt out from all the exploring, uh, from all the archaeology. Yeah, I but guess. we weren't you know, burnt like, out. No, we certainly weren't. But like, I, if I recall correctly, Vaj was trying to just like, which is never the case with Vaj. There was al- there was also a twist there, but she was trying to wind down and like maybe do research or something like that. You know, if I recall correctly, but I was a little you, drunk you, when you, I when I reviewed the episode. <laughs> but, but you watched the episode recently, I did. right? No, well, it was a and, few months ago. Yeah. Oh, it was a few months ago. Well, mm-hmm. what what do you, how do you think there's uh, any difference? I would Is there much to... difference between Vaj on DS Nine and Vaj? On Next Generation, like, do you think that? Do you think? Uh, do you think she would have fit on DS Nine? Do you think she was somebody? No, I definitely do. I really do think she would have. And there was something uh, nice about. There's something really nice about seeing these characters uh, uh, continue um, beyond just where they started. You know, what I mean, I think I love that she was on Deep Space Nine, and I think she could have easily have been written into. Vo- I I mean, I don't know Voyager fully, unfortunately, and and one day we'll be exploring it, and there'll be a lot of aha new, new moments for me. I I mean, I'll certainly be exploring it. I'm not sure you will, Doctor, but, <laughs> but um, it it would have been cool. I I could see her totally fitting into Voyager as well, because Vaj is the kind of character that would get stranded or somehow in an you know somehow be in the Delta yeah. Quadrant. You know, like she is cute dumped her somewhere, somewhere and then yeah, the crew that, find her. Oh, yeah, and that wait, just makes where'd you total, come from? Yeah, that makes total sense for her character. So, yeah, and actually, like, you know, yeah, I I think that the actress is certainly compelling and worth you know seeing over and over again. There's a there's another character on another show that was running at the same time as as Star. Well, no, it was running a little bit after I think. Uh, I don't know how well you remember the show Highlander. Oh, I love and the, I love that show. I, yes, <laughs> I don't know if you remember um, the character. Gosh, I just I just had the name of the character in my head and it, and it went away. It was the character who was um, the thief. And she was like an occasional flame for Duncan, oh. and she had similar qualities. She was a cat burglar, That's but right. she was uh, she remember. was obviously always stealing objects of archaeological interest because they were immortal. So it always ends up being of some historical interest. Um, so she kind of had a similar vibe to to Vaj in in that regards, and also in the sense that she was always like a romantic. Uh, spar, she, she, you know, she was romantic sparks between her and the main character, and and you know, I I always thought it was a little disappointing that on Next Generation, she Vosh didn't return as often. Like I thought she was going to be, at the very least, we would get like Q, we would get you know the Vosh episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it's safe to say that Picard doesn't develop. Much in the terms of of an ongoing romance with anybody on the show. I mean, there are occasional episodes like the the one where he's playing the flute and whatever in the engine room or whatever with that woman and and all that stuff. I forget what episode that is, but it's by and large I think it's season six or seven. Yeah, but uh, by and large, you know th- that sort of 
territory is not mined very much by the show in regards to Picard. So I always thought it was weird that Vosh didn't come back as often. I mean, maybe it was just the availability of the actress. Uh, I mean, obviously, maybe that's probably what it was. Uh, but I think it's a shame that there wasn't more done with the character. And I was looking on... You're always hanging out on Memory Alpha, but I always go to Memory Beta, which is the non-canon appearances, you know, in comics and novels and stuff. And I was surprised to find that Vosh does not have a very extensive list of appearances. It, it I, I would think you'd have a freaking series, really, even uh, in the, of books with her. You even know, in I, the, um, even in the novels. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm really surprised. I, I would have thought she would. She just. She's just such an interesting character with a, so much potential that I'm. I'm really surprised that um, that Trek hasn't picked up on her. But uh, I'm. You know, just thinking out loud, maybe she's just not. You know, like you said. You know, she doesn't fit into that Starfleet mold, and obviously, most of Star Trek are characters in that mold whether they're reacting against people who aren't on DS9 or they're integrating them as in, Vo in Voyager or they're just a part of the establishment like a next generation but you don't have a lot of regular ongoing characters yeah. who who are like Vaj and I don't know maybe, maybe a lot I of fans don't really want that on a regular basis maybe they like you know, they're more. No, we like people in starships, and, well, and they follow well, the rules. And you know, and despite my arguments know. to the to the uh, contrary, uh, we do have to remember that Star Trek: The Next Generation wasn't really written with arcs in mind of any kind. I mean, you happen to have these like natural character arcs, arcs that happen. And I think that's in in large part due to the actors performances over time, you know, becoming more nuanced and better. Um, but writers were told, if I'm not mistaken, hey, uh, you should be able to pop into any episode at any time and right. and, and follow what's happening. And right. I don't, you know, and so I think it just didn't lend to those kinds of reoccurring roles. That being said, she's only on Next Gen one more time. I didn't realize that. And then she's on DS9. And then you're absolutely right. I I just looked at the memory beta thing and there's only like a couple of references to her. Yeah. Uh, kind of surprising. Yeah, kind of surprising because Vaj is always one of my favorite characters and she certainly, well, you know, hey, let's give uh, the actress some credit here because she made an impact because certainly all these years later, I saw Vaj as having a, a much more prominent um, involvement in Star Trek The Next Generation and she kind of like, you know, you think of Vaj and Captain Picard as like, one of those romances, you know, so it's yeah. interesting, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, I mean, it's funny, we get an episode with Troy's mother every season, <laughs> and I mean, I know she has her fans, but I mean, honestly, we couldn't have had a couple more Vosh episodes. Uh, it's, I mean, again, maybe it was the actress, maybe her availability just wasn't. Um, I think it's a combination of a lot of things because at the end, yeah. end of the, I'd like to know. You know, I, I think ultimately if we look at Captain Picard's character, you know, he's not, as you stated, you know, and whether that's because of Patrick Stewart or what, but um, he's not known to be the romantic. Like, so we, we maybe, you know, it just wasn't 
meant for his character to 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 do that. Yeah, and looking at what I know of Patrick Stewart's career, I can't remember everything off the top of my head, but I just can't think of him as a leading man ever being in a romantic film. No, I mean, I mean, He's the only other a- time. I the only, only the only other time I'd ever seen him kiss someone was on Life Force. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I mean, so I was like, you know, I don't know. He's just, yeah, he he he's not of that mold. But still, I think you know the fact that they they tried it in this episode, and and Vosh was so good. I, I I figured they would have kept trying to, like you said, Vosh brought it out of the character. I think obviously maybe given more opportunity. Maybe the actor could have grown into that kind of into grown that part of the character, you know. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I think he has great chemistry with, for example, with uh, with uh, Crusher. I mean, that goes without saying. I, I say it every other episode. I think him and Gitz McFadden have fantastic chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the ep- just the episode we we the before. That was the best part of the episode was when they were having dinner, Crusher and, and Picard. Uh, so, it, 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 you know, Stewart has some ability to spark with someone else. But I was really shocked. I was, I've, I've always been surprised that Vash never came back, especially considering other returning characters that we get. And I can only imagine it was the availability of the actress, perhaps. I don't... I mean, we- as I said, she was on L.A. Law... So maybe, you know, being... I mean, that was a hit show at the time. I never watched it, really, so, you know, I don't It'd know how big of a I'd be curious to know if anyone in the audience has any uh, official or even more solid insight as to it, other than, you know, we're just here speculating, of course. Um, well, the episode ends with the captain uh, saying goodbye to Vaj in a, in a very, like, you know, kind of... Uh, he's still in disbelief. She You know, he's asked her to promise him she'll stay out of trouble, and she... Uh, she says, I always try. And then he makes it back on the Enterprise and, and he looks totally relaxed. And he you know, just kind of like uh, Riker or Troy asks him, uh, you know, well, how was your holiday? Did you, have a, did you have a good time? And he goes, uh-huh. And then just kind of leaves it at that. So it's like interesting that like, you know, and Riker's, you know, he gloats and says, I knew he'd have a great time. <laughs> you know, like it was like one of those type of things. And He's great. I yeah. love Riker, man. He's the best. No, he Riker's a great, great character. All I love, we love all of them, of course. You know, and that's the thing about Star Trek: The Next Generation is. Uh, by the way, we're at the point in Star Trek: The Next Generation where it's about to exceed the original series in terms of story t- stories available. Um, you know, we're uh, we're at yes. season three here, which which the original series ended on its third season. Of course, there is the animated series and, and the films so we do eventually get these characters to flesh out but next generation is kind of a i think it's kind of like a, a source of pride for many many that a star trek series went all the way to to the end like it ended you know what i mean like it actually went seven seasons and ended and and we'll have more discussion about that obviously further but i just realized that Season three would have been when we do our Star Trek: The Original Series casual and informal discussions. We're only going to do it up to three seasons, you know. So that's mm-hmm. going to be a fascinating, that's true, uh, fascinating journey in and of itself. Um, 
Well, I guess it's time to give this episode our ratings. This time I will let you go first, Doctor. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I give this uh, I give this episode a a seven. I think it's it's up there. Solid. With, it's a good. Solid it's a solid number. seven. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm, it's a good mm-hmm. seven. I mean, um, yeah, maybe an eight. You know what? I'll give it an eight. Wow, an eight. you just like bumped it up yeah. to an eight. Yeah, because you know what? It's I think you know these ratings. You know they always reflect. Well, you know if it's on the TV, do you stop and and watch it all the way through? And I think this is one of those episodes that if you catch I've it never on the not, air, yeah, I've never just you been sit like, and yeah, you watch you the always, whole thing. You, sit you down always and go you, through yeah, it. I always go through it because it's you know again testament. Maybe not the maybe not the the best story ever, but but it's fun. Fun to watch. Yeah, character interactions are phenomenal. It's fun. It's entertaining. Uh, like I said, it's got a really winning performance from from the actress who plays Vosh and what's her name again? It's um Jennifer Hetrick, I think it. Hetrick. Okay. Or I mean, Hartrick. Darn it. Hartrick. You caught me uh, off guard, doctor. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, well, she was I think it's it's just a really winning performance and and act, and you know, I can understand why later on they pair her with Q cuz Q is obviously one of the most charismatic characters on the show and Vash equally is very charismatic uh, and she has great energy and she just livens up the scene and um, you know on that alone I think uh, the only reason it's not a 9 or a 10 is because like you said the story is very slight and and you know it's just it's an you know it doesn't have like the gravitas of say Sins of the Father or whatever but it, well, it's a I fun mean, episode yeah you know? and it- and it, and it yeah. certainly is nice to have a little break and to see some, you know, yeah. diff- di- a different side to the uh, to yeah. the universe there. Um, yeah. You know, I was going to give it a 7.5, but I'm going to just join you uh, for all the same reasons and go ahead and give this episode an 8 as well. Um, and, you know, I still think that there are some intriguing unanswered questions here, and maybe I just missed something, but... Not exactly sure what happens. What is the fate of the Tox Utad itself? Um, and then also mm-hmm. not really, not really a hundred percent sure uh, why Captain Picard wasn't taking things a little bit more seriously, you know, than than he seemed to have been. So mm-hmm. those were just like I think two of the questions that remain on my mind. But certainly yeah. I don't recall them ever being answered. But uh, if they were answered off screen or or off canon, uh, I'd love to to hear about that so thank you for joining us uh, once again on another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy Doctor I had a really great time uh, discussing this episode and reminiscing <laughs> about it with you um, and look forward to our, our next Likewise. one which is Tin Man very intriguing very oh hard God. sci-fi episode yeah, Tin so, Man is Tin that the Man. next one? that's the next one I used to have Tin Man taped on a VH on VHS by itself for some reason for the longest time I would er, oh, this is going way off topic never mind but yeah <laughs> we'll, Tin Man we'll, maybe we'll talk about it on Tin Man alright live Man. long and prosper and we'll see you next time oh.